Hi, I'm David Bazuki, founder and CEO at Roblox. You're listening to Tech Talks, a podcast about the people and ideas that are shaping the future of immersive connection and communication. In this series, we'll be exploring some of the most innovative technologies that have emerged in this new category and sharing stories with the Robloxians that are building them. Today, I'm joined by special guest Nikki Jackson-Colasso, head of public policy at Roblox. We'll be talking about our approach to policy and the symbiotic relationship between technical innovation and our policy strategy. Nikki, thank you for joining us on a Friday. Great to have you on the program. It's great to be here. Okay, so you've been in policy for over 20 years. You joined Roblox in 2020 to start our policy group. And it's it's somewhat fascinating. This is typically a, a technical discussion, but the fact that we're so involved in safety and in civility and the way we're really influencing the human future of communication makes it so appropriate. Could you share a bit about where you were prior to Roblox? Yeah, my whole career, for the most part, has been in tech policy. I've been working with product and engineering teams to really understand the tech that that power companies like Roblox and others, and playing a bit of a translator role so that people in the world can better understand our technologies and so that our teams internally can understand how people feel about them, what they love about them, what may be confusing. So we can basically help each other figure out as tech moves at the pace it does, how everybody can be most comfortable. Well, we always start with our vision and our mission on this program. And a lot of the times on this program, we talk about the tech that is supporting this Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about how policy interacts with tech and intersects with that vision as well. But maybe to get started, just starting with the basics, given our foundation of safety and civility and such a core fundamental part of our business, what is public policy? Can you tell us what your group does at Roblox? Yeah, at a very high level, we are trying to help Roblox achieve our mission of, of connecting a billion people around the globe with as much optimism and civility as we can. What that means day to day, I talked a little bit about the the translator role that we play, this this kind of go between between our product and engineering teams who are building every day and, and trying to ship product and people in the world, our community, which obviously is comprised of people who are using the experiences on Roblox. It's comprised of creators but it's also comprised of people who work in the government. It's comprised of policymakers. It's comprised of so many different types of people. And we wanna help everyone in our community understand how our product works, how it can be used, how they can get help if they need it. And we also wanna help our internal teams understand what's happening out there in terms of regulatory discussions or conversations in the government around technology policy. And how can we meet the needs of our communities as as they're happening. So we play a little bit of an in-between role. And one thing I love about Roblox is that a lot of times you'll find public policy teams sitting in an organization called compliance at, at companies, right? And when you think about the word comply, comply is sort of the bare minimum or the minimum that you do to satisfy a requirement. 
And it's not that we shouldn't do that. We should do that at Roblox. That's table stakes. That's what we need to do to meet our commitment to people who use Roblox. But our team is actually part of an organization at Roblox called Advocacy, because we really see ourselves as advocates in two ways, primarily for our community, so that the feedback that they have gets channeled directly to our technical teams, and so that we can be advocates for innovation, so that as the pace of technology continues to grow, to change at the speed that it has, we are part of the conversation and that we're advocating for Roblox with key opinion formers around the world. Yeah, I, I think as you share that notion, when we take a step back at what we're doing here and our, our vision, we're somewhat unique in that following on in the history of the telegraph system and the telephone system and now the video conferencing system, what we see so many people doing on Roblox every day is connecting and communicating with friends. And sometimes that communication is in a music concert. Sometimes it's playing hide and go seek. Sometimes it's coming together in Roblox office. Sometimes it involves playing or doing things together. And as you were talking about more educating, I, I can almost imagine your role less being a like regulating something that's bad for society and more as the U.S. was developing the phone system, how do we evolve the policy around the phone system where everyone's going to have a phone and they're going to use it for work and play and business? And that's a very different lens. That's ushering in a new category. And Ed, like, how do we deal with the phone system as as more and more people use it, which feels very optimistic to me? That's right. And there and there are two sides to every issue, right? And and over time, we know that of course the regulation is necessary in certain cases. We need seatbelts. And even, you know, for your example with the phone, if somebody is calling you and, and spamming you and, and robocalling you, we need regulation to protect consumers from that kind of behavior. But at the beginning of the phone system, we needed time to let that technology develop. And we needed to let people innovate and, and see where that was going to go. And so I think it's a question of really understanding the technologies, having the right conversations and giving them some time to really develop. I've been impressed with the senior policymakers that have visited Roblox under your shepherding, really, in that it's been much more of a dialogue around the invention of a new form of communication and you know, how do we usher that in with civility and optimism? I, I've actually found that dialogue to be interesting and exciting and related to innovation and related to new technology. Yeah. And I think if you're a policymaker, they are in many ways generalists. So our conversations with them take place around technology policy. And we're talking about immersive communication or we're talking about social communication um, we might be talking about AI in some of our conversations with them, but they talk to all different kinds of people about all different kinds of issues, um, consumer issues, jobs, the economy, finance markets. So they are generalists and we cannot expect them. It's not fair for them to understand every technology, every new product and service as it's, it's offered. So the goal of our conversations is really to say, listen, we're here. This is what we're trying to do. We want to be a good partner to people. We do want to do things differently as a company. We want to really support our communities. And in the same token, we think that we can learn 
from policymakers about what their goals are for new technologies. You know, right. AI is a great example of this, right? There are a lot of really productive conversations happening right now about AI around the world. And this is an area that Roblox has been involved in from an innovation standpoint for, for years, large language models. And I think there is a lot of thoughtfulness about going slowly to make sure that the U.S., but in other countries as well, is maintaining a competitive advantage, but that we're also going to protect people. So I, I do really think that policymakers want to get this right, but they're generalists. And I think that's the education, that's the role that we can play, is helping them to understand what Roblox really is. And it is category defining. We are not a gaming company. And to your point, we are not really a social media company the way that a lot of people define social media companies. That's right. So how do you help them understand what, what that is? What is this new environment? And I think when you're a pioneer, which Roblox has been for well over a decade, you have your work cut out for you to really help color that for people. Yeah. And then the one other fun thing we've got going for us, I believe, is every policymaker you've um, brought in and we've hung out with at Roblox, whether it's nieces, nephews, cousins, grandkids, kids, or any other friend relationship, do tend to have an intrinsic sense of what our community does on the platform and tend to have some grins when they they think about it. Yeah, and it's it's amazing when people and I would I would say this both about policymakers, I also think it's true about our policy team at Roblox. We are not a technical group, but public policy teams, you have to understand the technology. You have to understand how does our product work? What's happening with data flows? Where is data stored? How long is it stored for? And policymakers understand when they have people in their lives who are using these products and services or if they use them themselves, they understand it. They really understand the utility and the value, and it makes the conversations a lot easier. And it is really great when people have stories about their kids or teenagers in their lives or young adults who are playing or attending a concert on Roblox or creating something or using Roblox Studio to, to code for the first time. That's really incredible to see the reach it has. So we love that part of it. Okay, so let's do policy at Roblox 101. Welcome everyone to the class with Nikki and David. We're going to start with some of our values. One is uh, respect the community, which is a core value. And from a policy standpoint, let's first talk about the communities policy interacts with. Yeah, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but we start with the community as we think about them writ large. So we we think about the people who are spending their time on Roblox every day. And there are, of course, there are children as young as five and six, but there are our fastest growing demographic are 18 to 24 year olds. And we have, and we have tons of creators on Roblox. So we think about all of these people when we are thinking about how do we care for this community? How do we make sure that they feel safe? They feel like if they have questions, they can get those questions answered that we're really caring for that community. So I think that's in a broad sense, that's what we're thinking about. But when you break down who my team talks to, we are talking to policymakers. So we're talking to the people in this country, it would be in, in Washington and at the state level, a lot of states are having really active conversations around how tech should be regulated. We talk to policymakers in other countries. We talk to elected officials because they're the ones that are gonna be passing laws about how technology policy will work both now and in the future. We talk to what are called civil society groups. So you can think of these as 
think tanks or groups that really care about different issues like the ACLU or the Center for Democracy and Technology. They really dig in on issues that impact consumers, and we can talk to them about a broad range of issues and learn a ton both about concerns they might have, questions they might have, and partner with them to better understand these tech issues. But our community also is Roblox employees. Roblox employees are incredibly passionate about the kind of work that we're doing, where the company is going, what we're building. They put a lot of their time and effort into the company. So we want to know how they feel about about issues. And then our peer companies, other tech companies and um, trade associations. So if we're if we're thinking through an issue, we do talk to other companies to understand how they might be addressing something similar. So AI, as we all think about this massive new world, it's not it's not totally new, but as we think about how we're going to approach issues around copyright and AI or moderation and AI, it's it's really helpful to talk to other companies and understand how they're approaching this. Because even though we'll always take a Robloxian spin on what we choose to do, my my experience is never that companies compete when it comes to issues around safety or or consumer privacy. I think people really want to get this right for others. So those are some of the communities that we serve and, and that's who we're talking to. Hey, and then when you're um, interacting with the communities, we talked about an educational component throughout your education. Does that go in both directions and that in addition, does it involve in any way our prodding teams or the creation of tools or any things in the opposite direction as you interact with all these groups? Yes, I think education is is a core piece. I mean, I, I think of public policy as having a few pillars. Education is one of them. It's the education that we invest in to make sure that our communities are supported. So if you are somebody and you need to find an answer in our help center, can you get it? Or if you need to report something, can you do that easily? And we have people that are very focused on the educational in-product component. But it's also how are we learning about on the public policy side? You know, public policy ranges issues from child safety to national security to global elections. How are we learning about these issues? Because we are experts in our specific fields, but people in Silicon Valley are not experts on issues everywhere. And we, we do better. We know more. We are better thinkers when we collaborate and when we learn from others. And so the educational piece absolutely goes in both directions. It has to. And we learn a ton both from policymakers and some of those organizations that I that I mentioned, those third-party organizations that we work with. Okay. So continuing on our uh, policy of Roblox 101, we'll now do a simulation. And uh, I, Dave, just got uh, elected to Congress. I'm going to go start maybe looking at legislation. And okay, I got to start thinking about Roblox. How do, And when I start thinking about Roblox, do I... Uh, line up on the gaming regulation? Do I line up on the social media company regulation? Or do you help them understand maybe more we line up with the the future of the phone system? What bucket do I line up on? We actually try to present a different framework to see Roblox because as you and I have talked about, this is a new category. This is something that is different and it's new. 
So you want to give people a frame of reference to understand it, but you also want to make clear that it's different. And as I mentioned, I think regulation has traditionally fallen into two buckets. How are we going to regulate games? And that usually means in the context of regulation, if you think about a game studio that might produce 10 games a year, how should they be rated? Are they for mature audiences? What can you find in those games? Is there bad language? How are we going to label them? And that kind of thing. What's the content of those? And then there's social media. And as you and I have discussed briefly, when you're on Roblox, you can't really post links. There aren't, there isn't liking and, and, and resharing. It's not that social media experience that we might stereotypically think of. So a lot of the regulation that's being proposed right now isn't really intended for companies like Roblox. With that said, I think the goal right now overwhelmingly is to protect children. I think we are coming out of a time where tech companies have been seen to take more than they give. And I think that there's a really strong urge to protect kids and to protect young people of all ages. And I think that's very in line with our philosophies. We have supported regulation in California and in other places that has done that. But I think what we try to do is really give them a a third way of seeing us, which is that we provide the technology that developers and creators can build on. We're, We're almost a little bit like a YouTube, but for experiences, because they understand what's what a YouTube or a Netflix, not that we offer that content, but that that sense of a platform that others are building on, where you can have lots of different kinds of content. And once you explain it, I think they understand, okay, this is, yes, this is probably not what we're after. The child safety component remains critically important. And then we talk about next steps. Yeah, I feel sometimes as we dive into the technology that you sometimes educate on, we have a little bit of a a positive advantage in that when we started out, probably within the first month of being live over 16 years ago, we leaned heavily into our safety and civility systems just because we started with younger people on the platform. And unbeknownst maybe to most people, our safety group and team and AI capabilities and human moderation is is a huge fundamental aspect of, of our company and the the volume of both automatic and human review we do on content and on communication and and all of that. And and even most recently as we started to get in newer forms of communication, I, I think another advantage we've had is we've introduced things very conservatively in that as we introduced voice, we started with 17 and up ID validated. We we have built arguably one of the best voice moderation technologies in the world to help us be aware when people are communicating with voice. So I think this is a great foundation on the tooling. Can you share a bit of how some of this tech helps power our our public policy strategy? Yeah, I mean, I think that, so a, a lot of the way that we approach the public policy strategies, we would say we're taking a risk, what's called a risk-based approach to safety, which is that we feel like Roblox is a, a very safe environment generally for the vast, vast majority of people. And they're, they're never going to have an issue on Roblox. However, we might introduce features. For example, you mentioned voice chat. And you can 
opt into voice chat by phone verifying. You can, you can verify yourself to use a feature that would allow you to talk to other people around you or to perform on a stage. And because that's an extra feature that you're getting, and it's not that it's necessarily that more risky, but we realize that it puts you in proximity to other people. We would take that extra step of phone verification, right? So this is called a risk-based approach because we add in extra tools to make sure that people who are of the right age have access to that kind of stuff. Another example would be our, our chat technology. So people of all ages chat on Roblox for our youngest users, who we might say are the most vulnerable simply because they don't have all of the abstract reasoning skills that older kids have. We actually what we call hash out if they try to share their home address, their phone number, anything that we think could be PII, personally identifiable information, it, it doesn't even show up in the interface. And that's not because we're trying to censor them. It's because we know that a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old may not be in the position to know what's appropriate to share. Now, an 18-year-old is. And so we can right. relax that as they get older. And I know that some of the other people that have done tech talks with you have talked about these, these safety tools, but by taking risk-based approaches to safety and to our tooling, we think that we can give the right people the right experiences and protect the most vulnerable users while also making sure that older users or people that probably need less guardrails can have a more open experience. Yeah. It, it's been fun as we've both seen AI get so hot in the last year for us to roll back the clock three or four years and know internally, primarily in the safety area, we've been running ML pipelines for a long time. We've got over 70 different areas where we're running ML pipelines in the company and that we've just constantly been layering in both on communication safety, on asset moderation safety, on a lot of, of these things, increasingly powerful AI that it just makes our platform more and more robust. So it's it's been fun to hear AI get a lot of hype around generative and 3D creation, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of boring things behind the scenes that have just been yeah. getting better and better and better. And that future is really exciting as we're starting to get into an even further looking future around personalizing policy and personalizing safety for individuals as we've added experience guidelines, various types of policy when people are different ages in ways that are appropriate. How does the policy team really work in tandem with the tech teams on some of this stuff? Yeah. I mean, we have a process internally, um, you were talking before about some of the ways that we approach these problems internally. Like, how do we tackle this stuff? We have a process. We call it the trust by design process internally. We're the only company that I know of that has this process electively. So a lot of companies have a safety by design process or a trust by design process, but often they have it because they've been asked to put that process into place. We've done it electively. And what it means is fairly early in the product iteration or product life cycle, we'll sit down with PMs. It's, it's a really lightweight process. It's not meant to slow them down. 
And they'll show us, they'll either describe the product, they'll show us some mocks, they'll say, this is, this is what we're building, any flags on the, on the privacy and safety front, anything for younger people that we should be aware of. This is you know, how we're thinking about data retention, or this is how we're thinking about some of the issues that are more safety or privacy centric. And we call that out at the beginning, which means that we are baking safety and privacy thought into the beginning of the product life cycle. And by keeping it nimble and by keeping it lightweight and trying to get them through that process as efficiently as we can, we're able to, to have that trust by design process that ultimately makes our products stronger, makes them better for the community, and it makes our product and engineering and our technical teams and the teams like the one I'm on who are going to be talking to others about these products, we just are in lockstep from the very beginning. So I think a key way that we do that is through the trust by design process. And I think that's invaluable to Roblox. Yeah, cool. Um, now, now that we've shared policy 101 at Roblox, we get to, which is very common on Tech Talks, is predict the future for our audience. And we're going to look out a ways in the future both around Roblox technology and policy and, and go a little back and forth on it. So I'm going to start the conversation with my long-term prediction around the phone system as a metaphor. Today, I feel most people think the phone system is pretty boring and a utility, and we we fully figured it out. We know it's used for work we call our friends it's migrated from wire to you know cellular to arguably wi-fi and internet but we think of it as as this utility thing so my my first prediction is is if we look way out there there may be a time where 3d immersive communication which is fully simulated and we may be using any type of device all the way from a a mobile phone to a fully immersive vr or ar or mr headset and having communications with groups of people and doing things together, there will be a time where this, rather than this being new, this is boring and everyone's doing it. So that's my first prediction. I'm wondering if there's a policy correlating prediction to part of that future. I think mine is probably, mine is probably more how I want to see us evolve as a team. If when you think about growing to scale a billion users, that means that we can comfortably support the public policy needs of, of a global population. So how are we addressing the public policy concerns of governments and policymakers in Europe, in Latin America, in India, in Asia? And we've already started to do that. We've gotten a lot of support from you, from other people in the company, and we have a growing global team that's able to do that. I see us doing much more of that over time. And I also... And it's it's a little bit, I think it's probably a little bit less lofty than headsets for everybody, but I see us really not only continuing to embrace new technologies or, or AI for safety as we have been doing, but really I see the company really being very involved in creator rights and making sure that all of the intellectual property that our creators are generating and the things that they're doing on Roblox, that that we're helping them to protect that in the age of AI. I think they are sort of the lifeblood of the company. I see us being really engaged there. And I also see that with all of this new technology, when you think about AI and what it will give 
the next generation the power to do. I mean, we will have creators. I think there will be this democratizing effect of AI where you have people from new backgrounds, different backgrounds using AI to create on platforms like Roblox. And I think that will be really interesting to see what happens when people can use these technologies to, to create. And I just think that will be fascinating. I think it will really, it makes the platform, I think it will make the platform even richer than it is. Um, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, I feel as the quality of all of our real-time technology around safety and civility gets increasingly more powerful and predictive and preemptive, what you share there is an optimistic view that, um, you know, there's, there's even other areas of policy where the spotlight will start to shine. And there's a big bright light on policy right now around what content can be used for training AI models mm -hmm. and how do owners of the copyright and IP of those contents participate in that. We, we are in the midst of this enormous effort at Roblox around really, we, we have always leaned to an opt-in strategy. For example, as we're training our code assist and other type technologies, it's it's always been based on our community opting in to be part of that training set. The, mm -hmm. That's a lively policy debate right now that I'm sure a lot of people are asking your opinion on. Yeah, but it, but it is really inspiring. And I and I, I do think this comes across in tech talks and, and when you and others speak publicly, but how much of an advocate you are for creators and, and how important they are to the work that we do and how inspiring they are to, to the employees at Roblox. So I, to your point, I think that the conversation will move not past safety. I think it will always include safety, but I do think it will become richer. We will talk about creator rights. We will talk about how AI is, is changing who is a developer and how they can develop. And, and I really look forward to those conversations. Yeah, it feels like as long as Roblox keeps innovating, the the breadth of the areas that policy will encompass will keep expanding and go beyond safety, get into AI, get into creation, get into who knows what around uh, worldwide communication. And so that's it's exciting to imagine that expanding role for education. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that sounds like job security too. I think you just said I have job security. So I, I was I was behind the scenes. <laughs> One might read like a lot of job security in that uh, discussion, given the complexity of really all the learning that our policymakers will have to do around the world. Yeah, so. no, I don't envy them the task, but they are already extremely engaged, um, both in the U.S. and in other places. So, and and you've had a lot of conversations with people that have been in around this issue too. So, yeah. Well, hey, Nikki, I, I feel we accomplished everything we set out today. We had a policy at Roblox 101, at back, your background, and then shared, a, I, I feel I understand more about policy and, and the incredible role it plays. I want to just thank you for joining Roblox and for participating on the program today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay. Hey, it's been great. And that's all for another episode of Tech Talks. Thanks for listening. And if you'd like to find out more about careers at Roblox, check out roblox.com forward slash careers. I'm your host, David Bazuki. See you again next time.